Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. My name is Hannah and I am the kids and youth pastor here and it is such a joy to bring the word tonight and I want to start with this scripture in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 5. I don't have it on a slide so don't fret Ashley but the Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a a little of heaven in our hearts so that we're never settle so that we'll never settle for less. Let me read that one more time. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. And that is what we are talking about tonight. We're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. So my question for you tonight is, what are you going to settle for and what kind of life you want to chase? Big questions, right? Let's, let's tackle it together, but let's first pray because I need help. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are a really good God and that you sent your Holy Spirit to whet our appetite to get a glimpse of what heaven is like. And honestly, uh, that's what I want to chase. I'm already doing spoilers, but that's what we want to chase. We want to be more like you. We want to be filled with your Spirit. We want to have fruit growing inside of us so that we can be light bearers. We can be joy bearers, peace bearers, and have so much patience, even though it's so hard. Lord Jesus, I'm just anticipant for what you're going to do tonight, that you want to renew those seeds in our hearts of what it's like to grow good things in us, in a world that is telling us to do the exact opposite. So Lord, please have so much grace upon me. Use me. Use my words. Let them be your words, not mine. And I pray that tonight puts a smile on your face as we all receive what you have for us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're looking at the fruits of the Spirit. Who's heard of them? Hands up. Okay, there's majority. That's good. That's good. So you know I'm not talking about real fruit. That's good. But we see it in Galatians. That's where we find this scripture. And so we're going to look at the context before we jump into the scripture. So Paul is writing a letter to the Galatian church who he loves and cares for deeply because he has been on mission there and we can read about that in the book of Acts. Now, if you're a Galatian at this time getting this letter, I would be a bit scared because Paul does not beat around the bush. He doesn't pack his punches. This whole book, you can see his passion for Jesus, but also his frustration. He's frustrated at the church in Galatia. And we understand this frustration because of the context that they're in. Christianity began as a Jewish messianic movement in Jerusalem. And Jesus came with this new movement and it spread everywhere. His message was for all humanity, as we know, and it sparked a huge debate between the Jewish and the non-Jewish Christians. And if you want to read about it, read about it in Acts 15. Jewish Christians believed that in order to have true, to be a true Christian, everyone needed to follow the practices of old that Israel had set from the Torah, the old law. It was like eating kosher or getting circumcised or following the Sabbath. People were walking away from Jesus in this time because they just couldn't follow these rules and so that the Jewish Christians were enforcing. I wouldn't want to be circumcised either. So in the letter, Paul... <laughs> 
Sorry, that just came out. Um, (laughs) So in this letter, Paul wants Galatia to realise that Jesus is the true gospel, that people are no longer justified by following the rules of the law anymore, but by the death and resurrection of the Messiah, of Jesus. The way he did it meant that all of us could have faith in God. And it's only because of what Jesus did for us that we are set free. We're all a part of Jesus's family. Jesus's transforming presence through the Holy Spirit, what we've been learning about all term was their key and is our key to everyone being in God's kingdom. So we pick this letter up in Galatians 5, 13 to 26. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you, open them up or it will be on the screens behind me so you can read along. It's kind of hard when I'm standing in front, but that's fine. Um, You, my brothers and sisters, we are called to be free, but do not use freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command: love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are to not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And this is pretty intense. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have been crucified by the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. What an intense passage. Holy moly. But I love it. It's so good. And you know what I love about this passage and I feel very grateful when I grateful for when I read this is that I'm on this side of history, not the other side where I'm having to follow the law. Honestly, we're so lucky that Jesus's death and resurrection has made it so that we get the fruit of the spirit in us. And the laws were needed for the time, but he Jesus fulfilled them on our behalf once and for all and what a privilege. And not only that, but he left the most beautiful gift for all of us to do all of life with, the Holy Spirit, a beautiful gift that never leaves us, guides us and continues to transform us. What a joy. I have found it a massive joy to unpack it over these last few weeks. And today we're looking at fruit, the good fruit we see out of being close with the Spirit and walking with the Spirit. But let's unpack the start of this scripture so we understand how significant it is. You, my brothers and sisters, verse 13, we are called to be free, but do not use freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled, keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will just be destroyed by each other. 
Immediately, we see the heart of Jesus and the cry of Paul to the church. They are called to be free, and so are we today. We're called to serve one another humbly. And how do we do this? To love our neighbor as ourselves, because if you don't, you will destroy each other. And I don't know about you, but have you seen people destroying each other at the moment? Is it, is it just me? They don't do it intentionally, but we live in such a selfish world where our generation, I just can't even deal with sometimes because it's always about how good we look or how we look to other people or how we can do the least amount of work and climb the highest ladder. Um, and I'm watching friends almost try and outlive each other on social media, posting things that are tr- like better than each other. And then we're having conversations about it. I was at, uh, I was having dinner with some friends the other day, and one of them was talking about how great her life was after coming out of this bad season. And we were celebrating with her, but then the other one started talking about how depressed she was feeling. And as soon as the one Getting who was depressed started talking, the other one's on her phone. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Seriously, what are you doing? Loving your neighbor has become secondary to self-care. I said it. And I'm not saying taking care of yourself is bad, but it's becoming a barrier for us to love other people. Verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. These are in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. These few sentences, I would say, are so misinterpreted by the world today. But when I read them, I feel like a whole weight lifts off my shoulders, and I want to tell you why. The way God calls us to live is just so completely different to this world. He has given us a choice of how to live our life. And people would look at this scripture and only see what they can't do. The things of this flesh being sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. So when it says six in verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's like a weight lifts off my shoulders because I know what is offered that I can have that's not that. And I don't particularly want to do these things if the good stuff is waiting for me. Yes, some of, some of those things are really tempting. And, but Paul is saying, when you don't do these things, you can live in a place of freedom. People stop reading before they find out what the Holy Spirit can grow inside of us and that that produces actual freedom. And who wouldn't want that? I read these things of the flesh like jealousy, fits of rage and envy. I don't want to live that way. I don't want those things in my heart. And the reason why it lifts off my shoulders is because I keep reading to find out what's better when I walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Sexual immorality or hatred, you know how people like band together around the things that they hate or drunkenness might feel good for a couple of seconds and we might continually chase it to fill the gap in our hearts. But the scripture says, if we make an intentional choice to not do these things and grow the fruit of the spirit in us, we can live a life filled with love and joy 
and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. And that's the kind of life I want to chase. What kind of life do you want to chase? The Bible doesn't promise life will be easy, but with all of these things growing inside of me and the king of the universe with us, this life sounds pretty darn good if we follow the fruit of the Spirit. It's almost like Jesus knew that filling our lives with one night stands would only lead to insecurities and pain and a gap in our heart that we can never quite fill or a thirst in us that we can never quite quench. It's almost like he knew. So the weight of trying to fit into this world, of trying to fill the hole in my heart with instant pleasures is instantly lifted because I choose to chase something that is so much better. And spoiler alert, it works. I mean, I don't always get them right by any terms of the means, but despite the difficult season I'm in, I love the life God has given me. I have a joy in my heart that no one can take away from me. I have peace in my spirit. I'm still working on patience, but aren't we all? And um, I love being a part of this kind and good community at City. Gentleness is constantly shown to me when I do things wrong, but I am is one thing I'm growing inside of me and faith faith is something that I know God has gifted me with and I love that him and I do that together and self-control is my biggest challenge I freaking love food but sometimes I know I know I know that even with self-control God and I are doing it together and there's a joy in that there's a joy in us working it out together and that's a complete spoiler for what we are about to talk about. So let's unpack what life can look like when we grow the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I've never done a nine-point sermon, but there's nine points in here. So we're gonna go through quickly, and I hope that's okay with you, but I want you to, as we go through it quickly, just pull out some things that you're like, I want that. I need more of that. Lord, you gotta help me. I need more of that. I want you to pull out some things that you know that you do really well as well, that you do really well, but you know you need help with. So the first one is love. Who loves love? I love, I love love. I do, I love love. Love is rich. It's a deep sense of affection to other people. And I recognise when we talk about love, more often than not, we do think of marriage. And there is beauty in marriage. And hopefully one day I'll get to share about it. But today, I'm gonna talk about what it's like to have love between friends. And you know what I love about the word love is that in the New Testament, there are several different words or word pairs that are used to express love. There are four of them are storhi, eros, philia, and agape. Storhi, affectional family love, eros, sensual or romantic love, philia, brotherly love or friendship, and agape, the all-encompassing love of God. I know you probably shouldn't have favourites when it comes to love, but if you have ever encountered the agape love of Jesus, isn't it just the best feeling to carry it around with you all day, every day? If you don't know what that's like, I really hope one day you get to find out. You should look it up. But tonight we're talking about philia love, friendship. Now, it's no secret, I don't know why I put my hand on my hip. It's no secret 
how much I love Miss Sally Gomesall over there. Um, she is my ride or die friend, but I have a love for Sally that I would say is quite unique in our friendship. And it's because we wrestle life together. Saying no to the things of this flesh, the things that we were talking about before, is not always easy. We live in a world where not chasing after those things is kind of strange. And so we need people around us who have similar values to spur us on, challenge us, and to wrestle with all of the temptations. And I've not talked to Sally about this, but I know that if I would ask her right now what she wants, she would want to pursue chase and grow a life where the fruit of the Spirit is cultivated in us so much that it oozes out. And it's so refreshing, it is so refreshing to find someone who chases after the same things as you in this life. It's really rare. And love oozes out of Sally. I would say in past friends, I've not been quite myself, trying to be someone that is easy to love or doesn't cause quite a fuss. But I verbal vomit to Sally and she still <laughs> loves me. And that's weird to say out loud. <laughs> I have let her down. I've, I have gone back on my word with her. I've asked her a lot of her. But the fact that she still loves me despite all of that truly blows my mind. Sometimes I know I am very hard to love, but this lady shows love like Jesus does, and it blows my mind. She shows that love is not just an emotion that you dish out when it's nice, but it's an action. It's a choice. And if you want to read more about what this love looks like, how Sally loves, go to 1 Corinthians 13. It will tell you a lot more. But that's what filial love is all about, sharpening each other, spurring one another on, pointing each other to Jesus, and we work with the Holy Spirit to grow that love inside of us. The Holy Spirit and her are so good because she loves me despite all that stuff. But if you have time this week, I also encourage you, go back to agape love. It is just next level, man. I really encourage you, but we need to move a little bit faster. <laughs> Joy, true joy comes with what Jesus did for us on the cross. It is a beautiful relationship with him. It's not based on our circumstances. It is deep and it is whole and it is consistent. In Psalm 1611, David says, you lead me in the path of life. I experience absolute joy in your presence. You always give me sheer delight. Doesn't that sound awesome? Joy is gifted to us by God, but it is also cultivated. It is something that you have to choose to receive and choose to grow in your heart. It's more often than not the harder option because moping around eating ice cream when you're sad is really nice sometimes. But with joy, you have to make a conscious effort to choose joy. And can I let you in on a secret that having joy in your heart and eating ice cream almost makes it taste better. But... I would say that true joy is pretty rare in this world. And because of that, it is noticed by those around you. I once worked at a cafe and people would come up to me all the time and say, I want what you're on. What, how are you like that? Like, give it to me. And I wish I had the courage to say his name is Jesus. Go look him up. But it's the privilege of not only being filled with joy, but overflowing it to others. Peace. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Shalom means peace, but it also means wholeness, completeness, and health. 
Peace means health. It's such an inclusive word to describe what life with peace looks like. The kind of peace that God wants us to have is whole, not just for moments in time when we're struggling, but it's to experience peace in all of its fullness in every part of life. He wants us to have peace in our families, in our relationships, in church, and he wants us to then carry it out into our workplaces and to our unis. Patience, who out of you would say you're really good with patience, like you got it nailed? Anybody? Oh, great, I'm not the only one. Woo, I had good for you if someone put their hand up. But man, patience is really hard sometimes. Changing circumstances constantly challenge our patience as well as traffic and the spinning wheel of death. It is just never ending. But patience is really hard when we're waiting for God to answer our prayers or do something that we want Him to do in our lives, but it's not happening in our timeline. But we need to understand that the Spirit wants to grow patience in us. Oh my gosh, it's happening again. Sorry, everyone. I'm going, yeah. Um, (laughs) um, But we need to understand that the Spirit wants to grow patience in us. And I would say, honestly, patience is like a superpower in this world because it's that rare. Morgan Freeman says, as God in Evan Almighty, if someone prays for patience, does God give them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? Oof, good job, Morgan Freeman. More often than not, his work ends up turning out so much better than we can imagine. And patience is a beautiful thing that we must grow in our hearts. Kindness. Kindness is, I would say, richly discerned. Romans 2 verse 4 says, Or do not show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, patience. Um, Yeah, kindness, forbearance, and patience. Not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Richly discerned. Rich kindness leads people to repentance. It's saying, I don't have all the answers, but I'm serving with humility. I'm supporting others who may not have supported me. I'm having compassion and forgiving others as God has forgiven me. Rather than devouring each other, let's grow in kindness to anyone and everyone. Goodness. Siri doesn't understand. I'll explain in a sec. Goodness. Richard Patterson says this, and I hope, does the quote have all the scriptures in it? Yes, great. Um, Look at all the scriptures that this is referring to. And as they do, Christians should hold fast to that which is good and seek to do good things for all people. They should not neglect opportunities to be of help nor tire of doing so. Indeed, they should be rich in good deeds and maintain good walk before the Lord. That is just some of the scriptures that are pointing us of why we need to be good. The scripture is filled with why we need to be good. And I look at this and I want it. In this selfish world, let's be set apart from the crowd, pointing people to Jesus because of the goodness that we are cultivating in our hearts. Don't you want that? And faithfulness, one of my favorites. Faith or faithfulness is mentioned in some way over 300 times in the New Testament. So it must be important. It's belief, it's trust, it's reliability, and it's confidence. 
and faith being the whole soul commitment to Jesus, Jesus, understanding we might not have all the answers to every question produces faithfulness in us. It's the overflow of genuine belief in our God. Growing faithfulness in us requires us to live with trust and dependability and reliability and consistency towards God, knowing that despite the challenges of this world with faith, one day we get to spend eternity with our Father in heaven. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. It's both my earrings. This is a joke. Gentleness. 1 Peter 3 verse 4 says, external appearance is not what we should be focusing on. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. It begins with the heart attitude that flows out to others and we need to grow it in us. I, want to say be, I also want to say that being gentle doesn't mean that you are weak. It actually proves your strength in character and your relationship with God. When people choose arrogance or pride, especially when they are angry, we are called to show gentleness. It turns away anger and shows spiritual maturity. You know those times when you are having a chat with your sister or someone that you love and they start saying things and it starts like kind of irking you, but you're pushing down everything that you wanna say. And then they keep talking and then it just keeps bubbling up and then they keep talking and talking and all of a sudden you're speaking and as you're speaking, you're like, no, 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 don't come out of my mouth, don't come out of my mouth. And then that person knows the Bible and they say, oh, so out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. This is what you really think of me. All of those nice things that you said before, they mean nothing because this is what you really think of me. I mean, I've never been in that situation, but you might have. And (laughs) it is calling for us to have gentle hearts so that we can reflect God even when we're angry. It's spiritual maturity in those times. And self-control, the one I love the most. Who is in the 21 days of fasting? Anyone fasting food? Only a few of us, Katie and I. Anyone else? Guys, it's really hard. (laughs) I'm hungry. Um, But (laughs) um, we are in this together. We got this. And for all those people who are fasting, you got this. It's such a beautiful time of not only only developing self-control, but finding beautiful relationship with our Father without the distractions of things around us. But having self-control develops a strength in us. It's saying no to temptation or the things of this flesh that we were talking about. And yes to being led by the Spirit and walking in a way that, in a life that God has called us to. It's something that I really wanna get right. Probably will be a lifelong journey, but self-control, I think, is one of the most amazing things somebody could have. But don't, that's nine. Don't you wanna live a life like this? Don't you wanna choose that? Doesn't it sound amazing? I'm not making the choice for you because it has to be your choice. When we allow God's Spirit to fill us and guide us, we produce kingdom fruit that transforms our life and then overflows to the ministry of those around us. Good fruit also 
isn't produced all at once. It isn't like I need love and bam, I have all this love to give out to everyone. If Or for me, I've asked for self-control so many times and God has not just been like, bam, you're the most self-controlled person in the universe. And I'm like, thanks for that, God. No, it's actually a partnership with Him and I where there, I need to have good soil in my heart and I need to nurture the gift of Um, self-control. And when we grow this, we continue to mature and the Holy Spirit works in us. And because of this, we get to daily become a little bit more like Jesus. And I wanna leave you with one last thought for those who have been doing this for a long time. Do you guys know what counterfeit intelligence officers do? That's like a tongue twister. So counterfeit intelligence is the study of money, right? But for the job, you would think that they have to study all the different types of counterfeit counterfeit money, but no, they actually study the real thing so much so that they know when it's a fake. They study it so much so that they know when it's a fake. And if we apply this to our understanding of the fruit of the Spirit, we need to cultivate, nurture, grow, read God's Word about how He wants us to live and grow this fruit in us because I have a theory. To bear good fruit, we need to understand when the enemy is throwing us fake joy, when he is throwing us fake love or fake peace or fake patience or the things of the flesh. We need to know and distinguish between what the enemy is trying to make us fill those gaps with or what God is trying to grow in us. But if we are so in tune with the Holy Spirit, we're so in tune with His Word, He shows us and He can identify those things and then show us what real joy looks like, what real gentleness looks like, what real patience looks like. And I urge you, We need to be experts in the currency of God. We need to be experts so we can tell. We can tell when this world, which is so hard to live in sometimes, is throwing us all of the fake things that we are trying to push away. But He'll he'll do it. He'll try and tempt you with so many things. It's so hard. So again, I ask, what kind of life do you wanna chase? The Spirit of God has wet our appetite tonight to get, give us a taste of what heaven could be like. And are you willing to chase after those things or are you willing to just blase through life? And I ask you before I, um, before I went through all of the fruit of the Spirit, what are some things that you do really well, but what are some things that you really want to learn and you want to grow and you just feel like you're wrestling with patience at the moment. There's people at your workplace that are irking you so much. There's lecturers who you feel like they don't know what they're talking about, but they do. Um, There are people in your life where you know you just burst out with this anger, but you know you need to be gentle or there is love that you need to grow in your heart because you've got this anger in your heart and you just wanna get rid of it. Love replaces that. 
or you wanna be like me and have a bit of self-control. There's self-control. Maybe you're, we're a week in, but it doesn't mean you can't start the 21-day fasting now. Go for two weeks. It's really hard. One week is hard, so two weeks is brilliant. Um, but tonight, I have all of these cards at the front that each have um, one of the fruit of the Spirit on it. And why don't we stand? Why don't we stand right now? I wanna ask you, is there stuff in your life that you want to grow? And I have these cards at the front. And what we wanna do is I want to, if one of those things, you're like really battling with it, or you just like have been in a rut, I could come to the front for self-control because um, I've been in a rut where I want to do it, but I just can't seem to get it right. Um, we would love to pray with you. That's why we're a community. We wanna do this life with each other. We wanna have filial love where we wrestle life together and wrestle these things that are sometimes exactly the opposite of what the world is calling us to do. So I want to invite you, if that's you, if there's stuff in your life, I want you to come to the front right now. If that's you, just come walk straight up with confidence because that's what God wants us to do. And then as we finish, we're gonna take some of these cards and put it on our fridge, put it on our mirror, remind us what we wanna grow in us throughout the week. But if that's you, I just encourage you, come to the front. I want to pray for you. And there's a bunch of people who wanna stand with you to do this crazy journey together. So if that's you, as they sing, just please come to the front. We wanna do filial love tonight really well. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know. 